inspectors, and auxiliary police officers. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat with James Ockenden and me, Jim Gould. And uh, on Back Chat this morning, we'll be talking about uh, schools preparing for the resumption of face-to-face classes uh, after Easter. Uh, we have a, a couple of guests who will be joining us for the discussion. Um, just before we get there, um, um, an email from a, a listener... Uh, responding to our COVID update programme before the news and the first part of it when we were interviewing uh, uh, the director of the School of Chinese Medicine at Hong Kong U. So this email from Sarah says, uh, I'm disgusted you are not challenging this guy on promoting Chinese medicine over vaccines. Massive exodus of talent, international schools uh, losing teachers and pupils at record numbers, and this is what you guys are giving airtime to. Please find your journalistic integrity. Well, thanks for your message, uh, Sarah. Um, I have to say, we didn't even mention vaccines. Um, We wanted to know a little bit about uh, Chinese medicine, because a lot of our listeners are not familiar with it, what it involves, um, how it's used. Um, The message is always that uh, vaccination is the most important thing in, in um, combating the virus. And well, we did, that's a we message did that we've... Uh, challenged him a bit we, on, we, uh, we, on the trials, every right? Day. We did, yeah. yeah. But uh, well, we well, didn't we really get a straight answer. We'll have to keep yeah. pushing on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. OK, all right. Um, we'll have some more emails towards the end of the programme, like I say, on topics that we've discussed this week, such as the relaxation of flight bans and that sort of thing, uh, and uh, fatality rates and how they're calculated. Um, but for now, we're going to talk about, as I say, uh, resumption of face-to-face classes in schools uh, after the Easter holiday. Now, according to a survey by the Hong Kong Federation of Education Workers, more than 70% of teachers are opposed to the decision to resume in-person classes on April the 19th, saying the epidemic situation remains severe. Uh, we have uh, with us uh, Chim Hon Ming, who's the principal of uh, Chu Shang School, Hong Kong, and chairman of the Council of Central and Western District School Heads. Uh, good morning to you, and uh, thanks for joining us again, Mr. Chim. And also our old friend uh, Mervyn Cheung, chairman of the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Group. Um, perhaps, uh, uh, Mr. Chen, if we could ask you first, uh, what preparations are you making for the resumption of face-to-face classes? Um, first of all, during uh, before the, the Easter holiday, we have already... Um, um, the IMC, that means the school board, has already decided that all the staff, um, when they back to school to work, they have to do their self-COVID-19 um, test. We provide certain amounts of uh, self-test packs for all the staff to do um, twice a day uh, if they go back to school to work. And also, we um, we buy around 50 air uh, purifier. We will uh, put all these uh, air purifier in all the classrooms, um, um, school halls, and some special rooms to make sure the air condition is um, is um, good, and then uh, make sure um, no virus or bacteria is in in the classroom. Will you be opening the windows? I've heard that's a very good way to keep um, the airflows going. Because uh, my school situation is located in a, a very busy road, mm. so most likely if the um, you know the the temperature is high, we um, we will use the air conditioner rather than um, 
open the windows. Mm. But I think um, because uh, uh, in the past, at uh, these two, two to three years of the uh, COVID-19, we have uh, we have put uh, some issues on how to to protect or prevent the the virus, just like uh, we have some um, automatic uh, how to say the disinfectant uh, liquid yeah. to spray in the classroom every one every uh, once in, in in an hour to make sure the um, the classroom is clean enough, and also we hire some um, cleaning uh, companies to do uh, thorough cleaning. Uh, once in a, a month or twice in a month, all all these issues uh, try to make sure um, the environment in the classrooms are um, is healthy. It is uh, uh, suitable for the students to have uh, their lessons. What's what's changed since September two thousand and twenty? Uh, I was looking at, I was just re- doing some research last night. I found your photo in a press release with the Education Bureau, and you were showing the Secretary for Education around your school, yes, uh, showing them, you know, what you had done to prepare for going back to school. Here we are, you know, one and a half years later. What has actually changed? Um, I think, you know, the situations um, currently compared with uh, you know in in two thousand and twenty. Um, the situation may be the same. Uh, we just what 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 we are uh, adding is uh, we we buy the air purifier to uh, to tighten or, or to hide to to make sure the um, the environment in the classroom is, is far more better. Um, I think that that's what we we do in in this current situation. Yeah, yeah. What do you make of the of the the news that the seventy percent of the teachers do not welcome the the return back to school? Uh, I think I, I I really understand the the worries of of the teachers because uh, um, in January the number of cases every day, uh, if my my memory is cor- is correct, it was uh, uh, tens not hundreds, but nowadays it's uh, more than few thousands a day. So that's why the teachers are worried because uh, if we resume face-to-face teaching after the Easter holiday, if we are infected, because you know the number of cases are still high, if we are infected, how 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 the school tackle or how how the teachers tackle the situation, and um, yes, that's that's why the teachers have that kind of worries. Of course, if the number of cases. Um, Dropped, just like uh, you, you see, you, you see the the trend now, from uh, more than ten thousand cases a day. Uh, yesterday is six thousand something. You see, the trend is is uh, is getting better. But uh, if um, on nineteenth of April, after nineteenth of April, um, the cases every day is still more than thousands a day. Is it really suitable to resume face to face teaching? That that that's the worries of uh, I think most of the teachers uh, uh, feel. Um, as a principal, for me, if the the number of cases still high, um, it's it's difficult for us to make sure or, or to protect the students or, or the teachers in, or, or even the staff in, in the schools because uh, uh, although we we, th- we we really do lots of the things to make sure the school environment is. Um, how to say is is suitable for the students to come back, but we we cannot control them uh, outside school or, or even they they the, the students or the teachers they they are infected 
outside school, once they come back to schools, and you know the situation is not that easy to tackle. Mm. Okay, well let's ask uh, Mervyn Cheung, the chairman of the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Group. Hello there. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Good morning. Good good morning. So what do you make of this uh, teacher's survey that showed about uh, 70% were very concerned about uh, resumption of face-to-face classes? Well, I agree with um, with the opinion of uh, the test expressed by Principal Chim um, regarding the the situation of um, uh, whether or not uh, physical classes should be resumed in schools. Uh, But one thing I, I wish to point out is that the survey um, seems to cover only one stakeholder group, um, namely the teachers, and who in this survey are said to be uh, in opposition to the resumption of uh, face-to-face teaching in schools uh, from the scheduled uh, uh, resumption date of April the 19th uh, because of uh, the concern over <coughs> over the virus spread. Now, this, uh, well, in my opinion, this reaction uh, needs to be balanced by other stakeholding groups uh, in, in schools uh, in terms of their reactions. Uh, namely, the, uh, these are the students and also uh, parents uh, who in in a lot of uh, media interviews have expressed uh, strong reservations uh, over prolonged class suspension, uh, which is said to have adversely affected students' learning, um, their communication skills, as well as social life in schools. So, um... So I think um, in in-person class resumption might begin along along with the phased uh, easing of anti-epidemic restrictions on our daily life and businesses. Uh, for instance, we already know that the government offices have all resumed the normal operation. Now it is therefore uh, probably more acceptable that a physical uh, class reopening in, uh, in, in the local schools can proceed initially on a half-day basis, uh, no matter the uh, inauguration rates uh, of, uh, of students. Will the progress and also impacts being monitored closely and continuously, especially in alignment with the daily infection numbers, uh, which yesterday uh, came to six six. 900 something uh, in the community and and then in the meantime preparations and efforts should be uh, should continue to step up to to make for a better uh, a more health, a healthy and safe environment for, for class resumption uh, such as uh, the push for higher vac- uh, vaccination rates for, for groups that are less receptive to inoculations yeah, uh, talking about the welfare of the students, an uh, uh, email here from Simon says uh, many children are regressing uh, by not going to school and being with parents 24-7. It means that they're losing their independence. The government throughout this pandemic puts children at the back of the queue. Uh, that from uh, Simon. Um, uh, so, Mervyn Chung, um, you were saying that you think it might be better if uh, all schools just adopted that half-day face-to-face learning um, after Easter to begin with? Yes, uh, that's, uh, uh, that's my will uh, for the initial resumption of, uh, of school classes. Okay. And uh, uh, we, we, yeah. you, you know, uh, in, uh, uh, from April the 21st, 
we start with uh, primary schools, kindergartens, and also international schools. And uh, you know, uh, these are well, these are places for relatively younger students. So uh, I think uh, some some sort of a, of a safer approach in uh, in school reopening might 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 prove better. But realistically, that that's what's going to happen because those schools are not likely to have ninety percent vaccinated uh, students, are they? I mean, Mr. Chim, yeah. what, what's and your they, and vaccination they need, rate? They need a ninety percent vaccination rate to resume to full go back day, to full day, full right? Day, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, I I I don't have the figure, but uh, before the uh, um, you know the, the special summer vacations, uh, we tried to ask, uh, we issued circulars to to ask the parents. The, the willingness to let the kids to have the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, for my school, the um, you know the response are not that encouraging. Uh, I think around um, less than fifty percent of the parents they really want their kids to be vaccinated, mm. and we try to arrange um, because I'm the chairman of the Central and Western District School Heads Association. Mm. We have uh, arranged a, a, a vaccination um, um, for um, the whole district's uh, primary schools and kindergarten uh, students to join. Um, my school only uh, ten students join the you know the vaccination. Right. So uh, I agree with um, uh, Mr. Jones that um, the numbers of uh, of, of uh, vaccination in in primary school, even the kindergarten, uh, cannot uh, you know meet ninety percent you know the requirement for resumption of whole day school. No, not even close, I think. I mean, my daughter's <laughs> school sent around this very sort of hand wringing email saying, "Oh, if you don't want to get vaccinated, we respect their parents' choice and all of this." But really, why why should parents be having so much choice in this? It's not it's not a dangerous thing, is it? Why are they hesitant? Um, I I. I don't really don't and don't know. Um, as a school, we, we cannot force the parents, you know, to to have the vaccination to 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 bring their kids to do the vaccination. Um, why 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 the parents hesitated? Um, maybe they they they're biased or or they they're afraid of you know the side effects or, or of the vaccination. Even though there are lots of statistics or research. Uh, uh, shows that uh, um, vaccination is, is uh, really safe. But quite a number of students, they're still worried about that. They, they, they don't know or, or they're afraid of the side effects or they maybe some of them, they believe in the, you know, they are not believing in medicine uh, or something like that. I yeah, think. yeah. Mr. Uh, Chung, what, what do you think about that? I mean, why are parents being hesitant and how can we actually get them less hesitant? I think uh, that that might be uh, something which has not been done well on on a part of the government uh, 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 at the beginning, because um, uh, it seems that authorities have have not uh, has not been effective and also quick enough to clear uh, all, all the doubts uh, in, in in the minds of uh, parents uh, uh, in terms of the vaccine hesitancy. So, um, well, with the um, with the, requ- uh, the requirement, uh, you know, coming quickly, uh, that just people must get vaccinated before entry uh, to, uh, to to a lot of our uh, public premises. 
I think this kind of situation will, will, will be improved. Uh, of course, uh, slowly or quickly uh, well, remains to be seen. But uh, uh, meantime, I think uh, the government may, may still need to do a lot of promoting, a lot of uh, you know, uh, public education in order to, to clarify and at the same time convince parents uh, about the necessity and also uh, all, the, all the, the benefits of getting the ch- children uh, vaccinated properly. Because we could end up with like a, a two-track system in schools as well, by the sound of it, because uh, if overall they don't uh, obtain a, a 90% vaccination rate, individual classes which do will be able to resume full-day lessons and activities. Uh, uh, is that your understanding, Mr Chim? Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and what, what sort of uh, effect on the schools is that going to have? <laughs> if, some, if some children are able to, you know, or in certain classes are able to, you know, have a full-day schooling and others aren't? I, frankly speaking, it's quite difficult for the school to arrange such kind of arrangements, you know. Because uh, if only uh, several classes in different levels, they have uh, uh, meet the requirement. If they resume whole day schools teaching, how about the others? And also, it's quite difficult for the schools to arrange teachers' workload because some of them are half day, some of them are full day. And uh, yeah, at, at this moment, I, I haven't thought about this because uh, I, I don't see the, the chance to have 90% in, in, in each class or in several classes at, at you know, currently. And if really some classes uh, meet the requirement, I hope that the whole levels, but not different classes, you know, it, it's difficult to arrange. And also one of the other things we have to concern is about the lunch. Um, according to the professionals said, uh, it, having lunch is one of very important decisions to make. It is, high, it is highly risked to have lunch, uh, to, to, you know, to have it's lunch. Students having lunch together. Yeah, so right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the, the Education Bureau uh, in, 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 uh, in this uh, press reception last week, uh, it uh, say that uh, they will continue to moni- uh, monitor the situation closely, and uh, and of course uh, before they to make the, uh, the formal announcements uh, sometime next month about the, the arrangements for for class resumption and and also the related details. I understand that uh, they they are they are writing letters to to schools about the uh, the reopening. So, uh, and uh, I think uh, clear guidelines will need to be uh, given to schools on the uh, resumption of uh, in, in-person classes. And uh, at the same time, they also need, uh, the authorities will also need to, to, to keep track very closely um, the vaccination rates every day and at the same time the progress with the vaccination of of, uh, of of students in schools. Oh, that's is the government getting this info? I mean, I, I know everyone, I every parent I know seems to have got an email or a phone call from the school saying, please try to tell us if your kid is going to get vaccinated. But there doesn't seem to be any formal way or a way across all of the schools to gather this information. Perhaps is that something the government could be doing itself? Yeah. Um, well, that that uh, that is uh, underway in. Uh, in 
the education bureau, and of course, uh, sooner or later, they will need to bring it to the full attention of our school um, school administration, um, teachers, and also the parents uh, themselves. But are they talking? What, what's the relationship between the sort of parents and, and your your group, for example, and the schools and the government? Is is there back and forth, or is this very much a one way street from the government saying this is what we're doing? Uh, I understand that uh, the the EDB has been quite a regular contact with, with, um, uh, with uh, school sponsoring bodies and, and also uh, principals groups. So uh, maybe they, they would also need to, uh, to step up the, their contacts with, uh, with uh, parental, uh, uh, parental groups in order that uh, the, the measures and, and also the, uh, the measures and related policies they are going to implement in school regarding uh, school education uh, will be better understood and at the same time accepted by the, by the parents. Yeah, so, do, so for both of you, you know, yes or no, do you think, do you think your schools are going to be 90% vaccinated by April 21st? <laughs> Jim? <laughs> uh, I, I don't have the confidence. Right. Yeah. Um, because the response from the parents are not that, you know, you know uh, positive. Yeah, uh, what, what are you doing to actually to push that to push that up right now? Are you, are you doing? I mean, my, again, my daughter's school. They said when the vaccination was first announced for children, they said, "Well, it's too difficult for us to organise a sort of group vaccination, mm -hmm. so you're on your own." And I thought that was quite appalling. Really, I thought the school should be pushing this at every opportunity to help get parents get their children vaccinated, but we didn't really see that. Um, for 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 myself and my school, we have we we arranged a second time of you know group vaccination. Mm. Uh, on 13th of April, and then we we encourage the um, you know the parents to bring their kids to to have the vaccine. So that's a final push, really. Yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> we we try our best to encourage or, or to to ask the the parents to you know to let the kids to have the vaccine, but all depends on the parents' decision. M Mervyn Chung, generally speaking, yep. have schools done well enough? Do you think? I, I think uh, schools may have different ways of uh, uh, fulfilling these targets, but of course, uh, given uh, students are still quite young to in, in, in primary schools and even kine uh, and, 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 and even kindergartens, yeah, it, it might be difficult um, to to reach the ninety percent job rate. Very quickly, does this ninety percent does it include the cross-border students uh, if they're going to be coming back? Well, that's. Uh, well, I think that that, that must include uh, the the crossroads students. If they if they do come back, but unfortunately, you know, most of them uh, have not been able to come back. Yeah. Because uh, it's uh, it's about the overall um, uh, population, uh, student population of of, of individual schools that are counted. Right. So ninety percent must be applied to, uh, must be applicable to all. Okay, okay. Uh, fine, well, thank you very much to both of you for joining us uh, on the programme this morning. Obviously, we'll keep a close eye on uh, what happens after April the 19th when schools resume face-to-face uh, -face classes. Thanks very much there to Mervyn Cheung, Chairman of the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Group. And thanks very much to Chin Hongming, uh, Principal of the Chu Sheng School Hong Kong and Chairman of the Council of Central and Western School Heads. Um, now, for the last uh, few minutes or so of the programme, uh, we're going to deal with... Uh, some emails that we've had uh, from listeners. Um, I'll just read this one first from John. said, uh, has anyone in particular the Consumer Council done any testing on RAT self-test? 
uh, kits, uh, of which there are many in the market. If there are brands with different levels of sensitivity, then isn't that possibly dangerous? The weaker test kits will give negative results with people actually who are positive walking around thinking they are all OK. Um, thanks, John. Um, I believe the Consumer Council has uh, uh, looked into this. And also, um, if you look on the... Uh, government websites it'll tell you uh, it'll give you there's be a list there of uh, of approved kits so uh, you can look at coronavirus.gov.hk or chp.gov.hk we also had a number of uh, emails about the ending of uh, flight suspensions to various destinations and the easing of the um, suspension yeah, mechanism. Yeah, we got... Uh, um, so, so uh, James is one, going to read some of this. One here from a gentleman who says, please don't use my real name. If you think CX can resume its normal pre-pandemic flight schedule, you are kidding yourself. Pre-pandemic, 4,100 pilots. Now, 2,600 pilots. Just do the math. Thanks for that. And one from James, not me, of course, here. Good morning. Isn't the underlying problem for travel the ridiculous zero COVID strategy? What is the future for Cathay if it doesn't become more subservient? They plan to train 800 cadets. Why not rehire their trained staff? Seems to me another example of rewind and play by both the administration and big lazy companies using the pandemic as an excuse. Thank you for that. OK, we had some messages on the uh, fatality rate as well, which is one topic we were talking about this week. Uh, uh, Eric writes, uh, Chief Executive Lamb's uh, ridiculous prattling on about the embarrassingly real death rate being connected to the actual number of cases is like a primary teacher lecturing a child that it is uh, due to the denominator. Uh, this dodgy numbers issue lies purely at Lamb's front door. The reason why people do not wish to notify government that they have caught COVID lies 100% 100% down to Lamb's draconian treatment of the community being separated from their children in quarantine, uh, being thrown into worse than prison accommodation, such as the infamous Penny's Bay, etc. Um, I would say that um, I don't really like to talk about myself very much uh, on air, but uh, I do have experience of Penny's Bay. I haven't been to prison, so I can't <laughs> compare with that. But Penny's Bay is really not as bad as it's uh, automatically made out to be. Um, it was a, uh, you know, bed was a bit uncomfortable, but there was hot running water, there's an electric kettle, there's even a hairdryer, TV with six channels, including two in English, uh, <laughs> you know, three, three meals a day. I was only there for four days, but... Um, it's um, like the prisons in the UK, they used to say they've got a colour TV well, and uh, the well, general population would be appalled at this news that yeah. they had colour TVs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got um, an email from uh, Nick, a uh, question to our guests. Well, the guests are no longer here, but uh, we are bogged down with this focus on case numbers. With so many asymptomatic cases, we will never have an accurate picture of this. Isn't it time to focus on numbers of serious cases with detailed analysis of age and vaccination status? Doing so will put the disease in perspective, probably showing it's fully possible to live with COVID as with flu. Thank you. From Nick. OK, and a Facebook message uh, from Duncan. Uh, Carrie Lamb says all industries must share the burden of COVID, yet landlords still collect their rents and government employees, like her, still get their salaries. Meanwhile, as an after-school coach, I have not been able to do my job since January and still haven't received any AEF payment. Schools are now unlikely to even go back full day, including after-school classes until the next school year, now with 90% fully vaccinated requirement. Other industries, such as the bar industry, are the sa in the same boat. I suggest Carrie forgoes any salary for three to six months and gets paid 10% of her salary with a three to four month delay like us. Same for landlords. 
this would be sharing the burden. OK, thanks uh, everybody who contributed to this morning's programme and uh, thanks to all our listeners and thank you very much to you, James. Thanks a lot, Jim. Enjoyed we'll, it. We'll be seeing you again soon. Okay. Um, a quick look at the weather before we go to the new summary and morning brew. Um, sunny periods, uh, hot in the afternoon with a top temperature of around 28 degrees. Uh, coastal mist at night, moderate easterly winds. The outlook, windy and becoming appreciably cooler on Friday, that's tomorrow. Some rain from Saturday to Sunday morning and temperatures will fall to a minimum of around 14 degrees. Mainly fine and dry from Sunday daytime to midweek next week. It's currently 25 degrees, humidity 65%. Fight the virus, stay vigilant. If you think you have a higher risk of COVID-19 exposure or experience discomfort, you can collect specimen bottles for free testing from designated public clinics. Meanwhile, the government will arrange free testing for targeted groups. To minimize the risk of community transmission, we should take the initiative to get tested. Together, we must fight the virus. Stay vigilant. Visit coronavirus.gov.hk for details. And now the news summary with uh, Andrew Shirovsky. Thank you, Jim. British and U.S. intelligence say Russia's military operation in Ukraine has been hampered because President Putin is not being given an accurate picture of events on the ground. The White House says this has led to tensions between Mr. Putin and his generals. Ahead of British intelligence, Jeremy Fleming of GCHQ said Russian troops were demoralized. Meanwhile, the Russian Defense Ministry says it will declare a one-day ceasefire today to permit the evacuation of civilians from the besieged city of Mariupol in southern Ukraine. Hundreds of thousands of civilians are trapped there. And in local news, an asthma patients' concern group is calling on the government to provide better support and treatment for those suffering from the ailment. The Hong Kong Asthma Management Concern Group said a study suggested more than 330,000 people in Hong Kong had asthma, but only around 20% had been diagnosed with the condition. I'll have more on these and other stories at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Hello. How are you? You're not too bad at all. Good morning. Good morning. The morning. Hello. You never Facebook chat with me? Good morning. He's got the top of Gary type pilots. It's a great experience if you just want to get a bit of zing. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning. Good morning once again. Welcome to Thursday Morning Brew and I'm Phil Whelan. Well, yesterday morning, during our regular chat with Ocean Recovery's Doug Woodring, he was in San Francisco, we mentioned that our mate Erdan Erich, the westbound rower, he's made land in the Philippines after his solo journey from California, where it's far from over, as there's a small issue of a large mountain, I believe it's Everest, to climb. <laughs> We're going to talk to the man himself at 10.10, live from Legazby City. Join him in the boatyard on Facebook Live, hopefully. Well, it's Thursday, so Dr David Gething will be with us after 11 for his weekly house call. As always, he'd love to hear from you, so do ask him any pet-related questions you may have. We've already got three in the bag, and they're all kind of similar. Morning Brew at rthk.hk, and nice and easy, find a Morning Brew Facebook page. (laughs) 